Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of WP Talk. I'm your host, James Burton, Managing Editor of Wealth Professional Canada. For this episode, I'm delighted to welcome Gary Aitken, Chief Investment Officer, Franklin Bissett Equity, to the podcast. We discussed Gary's equity outlook, his views on inflation and the likelihood of recession, how he's positioning his portfolio, his views on the energy sector, and much, much more. We start with Gary explaining his current cautious stance on equities. Gary, welcome to WP Talk. Thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, first off the bat, we're well into the first quarter of 2023, seen a nice rebound in the equity markets. What's your current outlook for the Canadian equity market? Yeah, well, to your point about the 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 rally in in the first few months of 2023, I, I must admit I'm I'm a little bit surprised by that. I guess we have to recognize we're coming off a weak equity market last year, but a little bit surprising nonetheless, uh, given the strength of the rally. And I guess really looking forward from here, and we can probably unpack this in our in our discussion. But yeah, you know, we're we are still pretty cautious. Notwithstanding this this rally, we think that you know there are um, risks ahead for broader equity markets, and we are positioning our strategies accordingly. Yeah. Do you feel some people have got um, a little ahead of themselves uh, with how well things might turn out? I think that's a fair way to characterize it in 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 the sense of. It markets either getting ahead of themselves or thinking that the, the the largest risks are now thought behind us. And I think that probably where I'm most cautious would relate to what will unfold with respect to uh, economic growth. And a lot of that just centers around uh, my view of the impact ultimately that we're going to see as a result of pretty significant monetary tightening um, as well as you know fiscal tightening at the margin too. So I, I just don't think that those forces have really fully um, played out in economic data and that will have significant knock-on effects with respect to corporate earnings and ultimately that that's a big driver of equity markets. So that's that would be my, you know, at, at the risk of oversimplifying my uh line of thinking around a, a more cautious outlook as we look over the the course of 2023. Yeah, that's interesting, Gary. Just pick it up on that caution that you express expressed there. What are your views on inflation given its recent magnified influence on capital markets? So stubbornly high inflation levels have been the dominant focus for all capital markets over over recent quarters. And I think that that continues to be the case in 2023 and where we saw um, optimism in January, perhaps um, leading into more caution in February, seems to be hinging on the latest inflation prints coming out of various countries. So I, I think it's safe to say that the worst of 
the headline inflation rates on an annual basis are behind us. The fact of the matter is we still have you know inflation running probably at four to five to six percent in in many regions, which is quite a bit higher, of course, than the targets set by central banks. So I think it's still a dominant theme in all capital markets, equity markets included. And it's it'll remain to be seen what that path looks like as we move over the coming months. I think in all likelihood, you know, markets would be expecting inflation to continue to ease, but it's far from certain how sticky that might be as we move into that three to four percent range. Um, in contrasting that to you know, on balance, say a central bank target for inflation of around 2%. So I think that this uncertainty, nobody really knows how that's going to evolve, but I think that will continue to be a very big driver of, of equity markets. And then just looking ahead into your crystal ball, Gary, <laughs> and I'm sure I w- I'm not the first person to have asked you this, but uh, are we going to get a recession here in Canada? Well, our our view has been that the avoidance of a recession, I guess, remains a a possibility. I think, in all likelihood, a recession is in the cards. And further to that, then it will just be a matter of to what degree, you know, will the recession be that that's in store for us. And I think that more optimistically, there's you know, there's a a camp. That believes we'll see a a softer landing. I I think there's a risk that we end up with a, a more severe recession, a harder landing. And you know, my view would be that um, that's a higher risk than being discounted in into equity markets. And that really goes back to my um, primary thesis around being cautious on equity markets. Is that I think that you know that possibility of a hard landing is not being sufficiently discounted right now. Interesting. So with that in mind then, how are you positioning the portfolio in more defensive sectors and companies, considering that caution you expressed? Yeah, that's right. And I mean, I want to put that in in context too, because we've got a well-defined investment style with very clearly articulated parameters around the risk profile of our strategies and 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 how we manage cash, et cetera. And for the most part with our equity strategies, you know, our mandate is to provide people with consistent equity exposure. So to the extent we're talking about how we're positioning around our equity strategies, um, I, I think it just goes, I, it, it's, it's worth noting that. And, and even though you know, we're talking more at a, at a macro level in terms of views, this shouldn't take away from the fact that ultimately the way we manage money is, you know, very much focused on a bottom-up fundamental process where we are looking for growth at a reasonable price. As always, it's about businesses' long-term profiles around profitability and growth, and then and how we think about valuations. Now, having said that, depending on what we're seeing in terms of fundamentals and in valuations, there can be times where we might be more cautious and less cautious. And and right now, um, 
you know, certainly we're, we're more cautious, which will influence our positioning as it does now. But, you know, that can be difficult too, because it, it's always a matter of valuations that we're, we're seeing in the marketplace. Having said that, we would be, the way we think about risk and positioning, we would be probably at prob- the far end of, of, of the spectrum in terms of um, our caution, our risk profile, and naturally that, that means for us that when we look at more defensive sectors in the Canadian equity market, such as consumer staples and utilities, we, we would have a relatively elevated weight in those names. And on the flip side of that, in more cyclical sectors, such as materials and, and energy, we are underweight. But there, there's a lot of cross-currents there and subtleties, and it's never as simple as just buying you know, defensive names and selling more cyclical names because we've got to take a lot of other factors into account. But, you know, ultimately, that would be the direction that we're trying to um, lean towards in, in terms of that, you know, more defensive posture, as long as we're not compromising on fundamentals and valuations in, in doing so. Okay, interesting. You mentioned there about, you know, growth, um, profit, and and the balance and in your analysis. Um, 2022 is a tough year, as you well know, for highly highly valued, high-growth companies. Does the Franklin Bissett Canadian Equity Fund have exposure to these type of companies? And, and what's your thoughts on that now the valuations have dropped? Well, well that's right, James. And it, as you stated, 2022 was a tough year for what I would broadly characterize as high-growth and concept oriented in, in, in businesses where it's more about the potential than what they're delivering, at least in, in terms of profitability in the here and now. And you know, I, I think it should be said that there was an environment that effectively started as far back as the end of the, the GFC um, all the way through and including the, the pandemic where largely growth outperformed value and you know high growth in particular um was very much sought after and valuations you know continued to escalate so you know we had a reset there in 2022 but that's really a one year reset after many years of, of growth outperforming so it will be interesting to see if that was an aberration or if we're you know we've embarked on a new trend away from that certainly helped us in 2022 because with our investment style we you know need to see businesses that are profitable in the here and now where we've got visibility for you know attractive free cash flow generation over many years and where the valuations work so we didn't capitulate um in terms of uh, moving towards those names, even though they outperformed for many years um, until last year and and certainly helped our relative performance last year. And even though we're open-minded with respect to names like that, you know, we even with the, the weakness we saw last year, you know, that's we have not made a move into those types of names. And, you know, it's it we probably 
have a have a natural bias given our investment style, but I think that that style of investing in those types of stocks will probably be in for some you know tougher years here on a relative basis relative to businesses with better fundamentals and better valuations. If if we can, Gary, let's hone in on one particular sector, and that's energy, which is obviously uh, a very important one here in Canada. Before very well in 2022, um, I just am curious as to your outlook on energy and, and how your portfolio is positioned. Sure. So 2022 was a very good year for energy, and, and actually so was 2021. And I think that you know, among many key events in recent years around energy, I would I would probably highlight the the commencement of the Ukraine war back in February of, of last year and and what that did for both oil and, and natural gas prices and, and there was certainly a fear premium discounted in prices following that event. Um, reflecting just uncertainty of supply coming out of Russia and, and, and what those dislocations would mean for crude oil and, and, and natural gas. And, you know, ultimately, we're now more than a year into this war in Ukraine, and we still don't know ultimately how this will unfold. But I think the worst of supply fears um, clearly didn't materialize. And as a result, um, we've got oil and natural gas prices now at levels um, considerably below um, the highs that we've seen inside the last 12 months. In terms of what that's meant for us, you know, we've long had an affinity for the sector. There's lots of very good businesses available to us in the Canadian equity marketplace in the, in the energy sector. But at the same time, what we've seen transpire in terms of prices has afforded us the opportunity to you know, really reorient the fund from being overweight, the energy sector, um, leading up and in through the early days of, of the conflict to a period over the last three quarters or so where we've pretty significantly been selling the sector. And that was really a function of valuation. So, you know, if, if anything, the businesses, you know, have look as, as strong as, as they have in, in quite some time. But, you know, valuations um, in our view have reflected that and in some cases um, even more than that. So it was a classic case of for us at the margin kind of selling good news around the sector. We still have, you know, a fairly solid position in energy, but I think it's a it's noteworthy that that would be a, a situation where, um, even though we tend to be a fairly low turnover manager, inside the last four to five quarters, we've we've transitioned from being um, overweight to um, for us fairly significantly underweight the sector and in selling it in hindsight, which were really good prices. And before that, a lot of that positioning was being built up um, in through the early days of the pandemic at considerably lower prices. That's a great insight there, Gary, into the portfolio. Appreciate that. Now, I believe the Franklin Bissett Canadian Equity Fund is celebrating its 40th anniversary. 
I'm, I'm, but please correct me if I'm wrong. Time flies. I think you have you have that right. Yeah. Um, four, four decades. Wow. Well, that, well, that's a chunk of time. Congrats to everyone involved. That's um, that's very impressive. Um, through that time, fund, man fund managers must have seen all kinds of market cycles. From your perspective, Gary, what what are you most excited about? What still keeps you up at night after all after having go gone through all that with the with the fund? Yeah. And, and James, I must say, I'm I'm old, but I'm not so old that I've been on the fund for 40 years. I did just uh, pass my 25 year mark. However, being That's involved, yeah, being involved in the fund um, in various capacities, from research and directing research to being a a co manager for many years on it. So, you know, we actually do though take the legacy of the fund very seriously and and we're proud of the history and we you know it's for us to preserve the integrity of of the investment style that's served unit holders so well and i'm confident we'll continue in the future you know there's there's always opportunities it's 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 challenging it's uh it's an honor to work on the fund and and we've got a terrific team that supports that so I'm as confident in ever in corporate Canada and in the way fundamentals look, recessions come and go, um, strong economic environments come and go, that's transitory. What's really lasting is how companies um, fare in terms of their fundamentals over a long period of time. It's for us to find those businesses and and make sure that we're paying the right price for them and selling them at the right price as well. So return and risk will, it's never easy, but I, I, I do like the setup there um, for people that have, you know, the patience and the perseverance to invest for the long term. You know, what keeps me up at night, it's, I, I don't want to characterize it as being easy because it's, it's very difficult. It's, 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 it's competitive out there. There's always unknowns. Um, it can be a challenge for us and unit holders uh, during periods when our investment style is out of favor. And as much as we've had a great 40 years with the fund in terms of, of performance for people, make no mistake, there have been stretches where we've been out of favor and we've lagged the market and our competitors. And unfortunately, I would expect that we'll see periods like that over the next 40 years. So, you know, I think that just having the, you know, the conviction and, and the perseverance around that is something that, um, you know, is always there for us to to think through and, and, and navigate. But I, I'd say that that's probably, you know, the biggest challenge that I can think about in terms of you know, the last number of years and, and probably what faces us in the future. But ultimately, it's that ebbing and flowing of, you know, the drivers of the market and, and, and styles going in and out of favor that creates the opportunities for us um, with, with, with what we do. So sometimes markets get overly opti optimistic and overly pessimistic in the aggregate and with respect to 
various sectors and insecurities, and ultimately that creates opportunities for us. Yeah, excellent. Can I also ask you, also ask you Gary, about valuations of the fund's equity holdings? Um, do you see valuations as an important driver of long-term returns? Yeah, James. Well, it's a is a fundamental investor. We we strongly believe in in valuations and and ultimately the impact on returns. Having said that, I think valuations have more importance longer term than in in over the shorter period of time. And we've we've seen many instances in the short term where valuations really don't matter. In fact, I would argue that, you know, more richly valued securities can outperform their more attractively valued counterparts. But ultimately that comes out in the wash and um, as frustrating as that can be, our views on the importance of valuations really hasn't changed over the years. And, and I think that that will continue to be a big part of what we do. We went through a period of time, um, as I said earlier, you know, you could go all the way back to the end of the uh, great financial crisis, 2009 through to 2021, where valuations um, had less of a influence on returns, even in a long-term historical con- context. And there's probably a lot of reasons for that, but I think a few of the reasons drivers would be we had subpar economic growth. So there was a real um, scarcity of growth. And we also had um, an extremely low interest rate environment, which um, ends up being very supportive of richly valued securities. I think that that's more of an aberration than, than what we will see as a norm going forward. So I'm you know, hopeful and would expect that over the next decade or so, valuations will have a bigger impact on returns than they they had in the last the last decade. Fantastic! That's great stuff, Gary. I really appreciate your your insights and time. Thanks for joining us on WP Talk. Oh, you're most welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of WP Talk and a huge thank you to Gary for sharing his insights. Now you can go to franklintemperton.ca to find out more details on their equity strategy and various products and to hone in on the Franklin Bissett Canadian Equity Fund, go to franklintemperton.ca forward slash en dash ca forward slash products forward slash mutual funds forward slash Franklin Bissett, Canadian. For more WP Talk episodes, go to wealthprofessional.ca, click on the resources tab and select WP Talk. The site also includes all the latest news and views from the industry. And if you haven't already, feel free to sign up to our daily newsletter. I'm James Burton. Until next time.